0: Welcome back to the Tree Church Bible Study. My name is Chris Reed, and I am the Director of Biblical Education and your host for this podcast. I am really excited that you have decided to continue to grow in your understanding of the Word of God. And and we are picking up in a brand new book today. We're starting our, our study of Hebrews, and it is going to be a great study. It's going to be theologically rich. It's going to be uh, practically important. And so uh, without further ado, if you would join me for my conversation with Pastor Matthew and Stacy as we break down uh, the introduction to Hebrews and Hebrews chapter one.
1: Did you miss getting into a connect group earlier this fall? Do you want to experience group life here at the tree? Do you want to grow spiritually and be connected with others who desire the same? If you're interested in getting connected in a short-term group while you wait for another opportunity to sign up for a regular group in the winter, then Midway Group is for you. Visit the app to join.
0: Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Tree Church Bible Study. Today I am joined by Pastor Matthew Johnson. Matthew, how are you doing today? I am well, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And I'm joined by Stacy Crawford, Director of Assimilation here at the Tree.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here today. Yeah.
0: Glad to have you again. Now today we are transitioning into the book of Hebrews, so we're going to be talking about a little bit of the introductory uh, content and then talking through chapter one. And uh, Hebrews will break down a little bit differently than how we've been doing it. We typically have been doing one chapter at a time, but um, some of the ways we have to kind of split the chapter. So if you, if you start to notice that, just giving you heads up, but but it'll be just about a chapter's worth of content every single week. And so we're going to start breaking it down and uh, going through this is actually my wife's favorite book of the Bible, mm. and the more I read it, the the more I love it. I know it's it kind of. She's
2: asked me numerous times to do a series on it. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it has a lot of Old Testament allusions, which I which I love. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of kind of rich theology to it. Like it, it yeah. tackles a lot of uh, kind of some heady stuff with it. But um, what we're going to talk about today is is how it's really designed to be a very practical book. So yeah. I mean. We're just coming off of James, which is probably the most practical book that I can possibly think mm-hmm. of in the right. New Testament. But um, but before we do, we typically start by asking like funny questions and whatnot, uh, just kind of get to know your questions. Today, I wanted to go just a little bit more serious, talk a little bit more, uh, more deep and, and just talk a little bit about kind of what has made ministry such a great experience for us. So mm-hmm. um, what as you guys think about your time in
2: ministry, Matthew, it's been how many years for you? Uh, Ministry as a whole? Yeah. Uh, I've been a pastor for a little bit over 23 years. Okay. And Stacey, you've been in ministry for how long?
1: Um, Ten years total, seven years here, and then three years uh, as a youth director at another church.
0: Very cool. And I've got uh, 13 years under my belt, and so um, I just want to talk about some of our favorite ministry stories and just Mm kind of celebrate the things that, that God has done. It can be funny, it can be serious, it can any of the above.
2: So Matthew, why don't you go first? Man, I have so many favorite memories. Um, So I'll speak initially in general terms, and then I'll give a couple of specifics. Mm -hmm. I I think for us as a staff, when we're celebrating ministry stories, it is the life change Mm -hmm. uh, that people's lives Mm -hmm. that that come in from, I mean, again, there's just so many levels of that. The person who doesn't know God at all, uh, knows a concept of God who comes and they enter into a personal relationship. And even Mm -hmm. those who come and never knew you could have a personal relationship. I think for me, one of my favorite things is when someone says that about our teaching and how it it helped them to understand. They understood God and concept, but now to relate to Him and to connect to Him. And we've even had people that have been raised in a Christian environment that didn't know that. So Mm -hmm. like there's those stories. There's the stories of life change from people that have been set free from addiction. There's the, the life uh, change stories of marriages that were broken and mm-hmm. get restored. So those are the things that we celebrate as a staff every Monday morning. You know, we come together yeah. and we celebrate things that took place the day before. And so all of those memories and all of those experiences and moments, they just continue to add up to give a very fulfilled feeling in mm-hmm. ministry because we we believe Jesus had His Word, like mm-hmm. in the Scripture, but to see it play out in people's lives, you realize there's power there. Mm-hmm. Um, people, their lives don't naturally transform. It is a supernatural thing. So that that's some of my favorite stories. I, I think a couple of special memories that I've had, um, we go on an annual retreat with our, our staff, and I think those are some of my favorite moments mm-hmm. of the, the spiritual time where we're just... Uh, typically, it's like Michael and, and maybe a couple of other musicians on staff, but he's just leading us, and it's really to me it's that um what i what i love most about it is i hope everyone can understand when i say this on sunday morning we love what's going on but to some degree we're we're working yeah. so we're we're right. on there there's a um, an element of like we we're responsible for what's happening right. so like for me in teaching i'm thinking about it in worship like we're making sure things are, are being done but when you're on a retreat there's like no marks to hit there's no mm-hmm. one you know like you're responsible for and we've just had some some of the most powerful moments of worship and encountering God uh, and then also like on those retreats of just going around and sharing words that bring life to people yeah. encouraging like that's been super super special and then the last story I would tell is and we were just talking about it, I think last week uh, the first worship night yes. that we had here yeah uh, what led up to that was a couple of weeks <laughs> of like really 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 long hours here right. because we're yeah. transitioning like we were still We were basically leading two churches in two different locations so Mm -hmm. we were in our old building but we were getting this building ready and we were like transitioning so we were getting like ministry teams ready here while still having to work on sunday and then during the week we came here those are practical things painting and setting things up and all that and when i say long hours i'm talking like probably 15 hour days 16 hour days and Mm -hmm. you're coming and going so exhausted. And uh, unless I'm just like out of the loop, I don't know that anyone had like a, an all out fight with someone, but you just around people that long. Like you're just tired. And <laughs> and so like they were all worn out. And then we had the Friday night worship night. And, and one of the things I, I told our team is I said, I don't want our opening Sunday morning service here to be about a building. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I knew the building yeah. was a blessing from God, but I was like, we're just going to do church as normal. But that Friday night, we're going to celebrate, we're going to worship. And I I think we were all so physically tired (laughs) and all, all the years that led up to the moment, you're just like on the edge. Like Mm -hmm. I just felt like all it took was like a little push. Right. (laughs) And like, we all were like, (laughs) but like the moment, like there was like a video played and then like the band kicked in, I think every staff member, and I would probably say without exaggeration had an emotional moment there. It it was so powerful and it was just like those moments. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but I, but yet I think it's, it's an honest thing all the points in scripture where God called them to do something faithful and promised a payoff, Mm -hmm. when they experienced the payoff, like that's such a powerful moment, like the Mm -hmm. promised land moment. And I think that's how we felt of like God had been so faithful to open Mm -hmm. up doors to provide this facility. Um, And then it was such a powerful moment. And if you talk to a lot of our staff, they'll they'll say that many of them will say that's one of their favorite moments uh, for those who are on staff during that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, I love the retreats as well. Um, I think, you know, we, we do get to share other people's stories, but when we get to go on the mm-hmm. retreats, it, it's for us. You know, right. it's that opportunity for us to be uh, refil- refilled, you know, refreshed and everything. And yeah, so yeah. um, we we'll always just really look forward to that. But I think for me, I couldn't come up with just one story, but I had like a number of people in my head. Um, who have come to our church for a while that you've been able to walk through different seasons of life with. And I think that that's one of my favorite parts of ministry, whether it be the first-time guest that we then get to celebrate when they join a connect group or they join a a serving team or that individual who is on your team, that's been on your team for a long time, and you've gotten to see that growth in their life. I think that's probably one of my absolute favorite things is just watching people... Learn more about God, overcome these strongholds, mm. and just really begin to flourish in who God yeah. has designed and created them to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I'm not going to part from from the same sentiment that both of you have. It, it it really is seeing people respond to the to the challenges that God puts in their lives. Mm-hmm. I think some of the hardest moments of ministry is, and for me personally, because I'm not naturally a confrontational person. Mm-hmm. Is having to have a hard conversation with someone. So mm-hmm. it that is a challenging thing for me. That is a part of the job and it's part of, of being being a pastor, it's part of doing ministry. And yet those moments when God has challenged me in that and I've responded faithfully to see how it impacts the lives of the people that are being challenged. Mm-hmm. As yeah. I have a conversation and say, hey, we got to change this behavior, to see them then respond and grow in faith, and their lives change, like, Mm -hmm. that is probably the most powerful, like, the the powerful ministry moments for me is, when I think back on ministry, like, all the ministry we've done, it's been the hardest
2: times that have led to the biggest blessings, and and so, like, so those have been my times. And I'll say, you didn't ask me this question for this reason, but, you know, Chris, you have been one of my absolute favorite things in ministry because oh. your transition and this always sounds like a bad backhanded compliment when you say like like <laughs> who you are now in comparison but i think mm-hmm. hopefully we can say that about all of us right yeah. that there right. we yeah. can look back but n- not just your development as like a leader and pastor but how comfortable you are in those roles mm-hmm. because there was a time like so you say like you're not comfortable with confrontation different things like that but you handle it in such a a wise and and i wouldn't even say authoritative in a in a good way yeah. a mm-hmm. way that I, like, I've even marveled at times where I've said, like, to Mary, like, like, it's crazy who Chris is because of who he was, you know, yeah. like, and I'm not gonna tell any specifics of this meeting, but I remember Mary had a meeting with you and someone else, and she came away from it, and she's like, like, I just saw a different side of Chris, and uh, <laughs> it was, like, you know, real assertive and stuff, but again, like, just for having, not only are you a pastor, but you're an elder here, so we have a lot of other meetings together, and yeah. now you're the associate pastor, And, um, and just like that, that leadership to me, that is very rewarding because Mm. I I love seeing everyone grow. Uh, and again, I could say this anything about Stacey, you know, Mm. has talked about, you're not confrontational by nature either, you know, in like difficult conversations, but just becoming comfortable, not in the sense that any of us now go like, like, bring it on, I love confrontation, right? (laughs) But it's, it's more the heart behind it in leadership of just going like, this isn't my preference per se, but like. I love these people and this is what i'm called to do so right. like when when our staff embraces their calling i just think there's nothing more rewarding than seeing that because i it's it, like you said it's rewarding to seeing that in an individual in our church but for me it's rewarding seeing in our staff being yeah. comfortable
0: yeah 100 so uh second question i want to ask and this is this might get you get as personal as you want to with this sure. question but um, what is one thing that God is teaching you right now? I think it's important for, for our listeners and for people to understand we are on a constant journey of of growth mm-hmm. and, right. and mm-hmm. God is still challenging us in so many different ways. What is something that God is teaching you right now that you're, you're, that you're working through? Yeah. Stacey, why don't you start this one? Um,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll be a little bit personal. I know something um, that I have struggled with uh, in my life is just comparing who I am to other people. Um, I mm-hmm. oftentimes, like, even, you know, in leadership, I'm like, well, I'm not the, you know, (laughs) demanding person, but I think God's really doing a work in my life right now and just helping me to lean into who he's created me Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Um, just being okay with that. You know, I think so many times I can look at what I consider my faults or my Mm -hmm. shortcomings instead of really focusing in and honing in on, No, this is this is the person that God's designed and created me to be. And then how can I then utilize that better in my leadership? How can I utilize that better as a parent, as a wife? And so I think that that's the biggest, biggest thing that God and I are kind of wrestling with right now is just being okay with. The unique ways that He's designed me, but mm-hmm. also knowing like He's designed me that way for the things that yeah, He's absolutely. He's yeah, created absolutely. me to do, um, and so just being confident in in what God says about me, and not necessarily in my comparison and what I think about myself, or even what I think other people think about mm-hmm.
0: me. Man, that's so good, Stacey. Um, I I would say, and not to jump, no, go not, ahead, Chris, not yeah. to jump towards it, Just, um, I would say it's the same. It's very similar. Not not the exact same thing mm-hmm. for me, but. Just learning what it means to truly depend on God. Yeah. What you said takes dependence on God mm-hmm. to trust. Hey, this doesn't look the same as this, so right. I've got to depend that, that trust that God loves me and is using me in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. For me, I I really have felt God challenge me in my prayer life, and I just found that I I found myself repeating myself a lot in my prayer time. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what what it was, but reinventing what a prayer, my prayer life looks like. And so I've been asking God, just teach me how to pray, Mm -hmm. teach me to pray the prayers that, that you want me to pray to, um, so that I can become more dependent on you. I know that I can't, I can't depend, like I can't do ministry on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't do (laughs) being a husband on my own. I can't do being a father on my own. Um, and so really learning what it looks like to lean into God for each of those things. Um, in an everyday um, setting, so yeah. um, and that rhythm, like I, I've I've always prayed, but what does it really look like to live a life that depends on prayer, that mm-hmm. depends on God? Yeah, so
2: that's good uh, for me. There, there's a, a phrase that I pray uh, pr- fairly consistently. i t- I taught uh, I think in January, maybe of last year or the year before. It was just three three phrases that I use. In my prayer life but it's because it's what god has been consistently taking me through so you ask for one thing but i'm gonna give you three because that's, <laughs> that's where i'm going but the, the phrase I, I i pray is i, I ask for the god to help me with purity of heart clarity mm-hmm. of vision and increased faith yeah and um you know i i get i get emotional when i talk about it um i'll just break that down so purity of heart that's one thing that god's really been stressing in my life is purity of heart in in every area of not just the content that I consume, because I think that's Mm -hmm. an obvious one. Like don't, Mm -hmm. don't watch and listen to and read things that are going to put garbage into your life. Mm -hmm. But it's just also what I, what I meditate on, you know, Mm -hmm. like don't meditate on the hurts. Don't meditate on the the pain. Don't meditate on um, jealousy or being envious or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, I really want to have a pure heart. The, the difficulty of that is the more my heart becomes pure, the, the softer it gets. And that is a weird dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, in life yeah. it's like a, a soft heart gets hurt more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's like this weird dynamic that I've talked about is I, I entered into ministry with a hard heart. I didn't know that I did, but I did. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, it, it felt safer because it yeah. was like, oh, you wronged me. Like, okay, I'll never talk to you again. I'm yeah. good. Let's move on. You know, yeah. like, who's the person that I can invest in next? And, and I thought, like, I, I, honestly, I thought I was super mature. You know, I'm mm. like, wow, I look at how well I handled that. But I, I realized that that wasn't the heart of Christ. So, mm-hmm. like, when I have purity of heart, it's a softening of heart. And and so the good of it is I'm way more compassionate. The negative, if I can use that term, is I get hurt, mm-hmm. you know. And right. uh, the other negative is, like, I cry all the time. So, like, <laughs> and, and not even in sadness. Like, it's like I'm not a person that goes in my car and cries on the way home. But uh, I am a person that, like, just... Just things move me mm-hmm. all the time, you know. Like, yeah, I, I'm gonna be that old person that like the Hallmark <laughs> commercials and stuff, are, like crying. And uh, so, anyways, the first part is purity of heart. Um, the second one is clarity of vision. But I think one of the things that changed in my heart after COVID is so my pastor friends kind of teased me, but not not on staff because, but uh, other lead pastor friends, uh, tease me because, um, <clears throat> in some ways, I've like I almost probably come across as jaded, but it's I don't think it's jaded, um, uh, because that sounds like a conflict to what I just said, but it's. I'm really becoming comfortable with who God has called me to lead. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. like even what we're talking about, my roles, my giftings, mm-hmm. but who he's called me to lead and and just being focused on that. Like who are the core people at the tree that have said like, I, I, this is my home church, this is where I want to be invested. And, and with mm-hmm. that, like unapologetically sa- saying like, you are my priority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know my priority of like my, my wife and my kids and my friends, but I'm saying like in ministry. So it's like purity of heart, clarity of vision of God, just show me specifically. And I really feel like I'm in a good season with that. Hmm. And then the last thing is increased faith. And I think that's the biggest thing. So if, if I had to boil it down to one to answer that question, in this season, God is challenging me to think bigger. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would say by nature I'm a visionary person, right. but I think th- the, the more complex a ministry gets, the tendency that I could have is to be more safe because mm-hmm. there's so many lives that are impacted. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. realizing when I look at Scripture, that's not the approach that God commanded His people. And I mm-hmm. want to be clear, steps of faith are not, I'm not going to say they're more unsafe, they're just illogical. Yeah. Right. 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 They feel unsafe, they feel right. unsafe right. because because of God's hands on it. I know it, it's good, Right. but it's like, because it's illogical to me, I go, ah, it's out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But God's just showing me like, this is the season. And so what that looks like, it, he's revealing to me um, in in seasons. Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. Purity of heart, mm. clarity of vision, increased faith. That's good awesome. stuff.
0: Great stuff. Well, thank you both for sharing a little bit about ministry and for being vulnerable. Um, so let's start into the book of Hebrews. Before we get going, just I, I like to kind of give a little bit of background information about the book and just kind of get our minds shaped around kind of where we're going to be headed with mm-hmm. um, with each study. So typically we look at who the author is and whatnot. We look at the, about when it's written and then why it was being written and to, to who it was being written to. Um, the book of Hebrews actually does not have an accredited author. And, um, scholars for a long time have tried to figure out who possibly could be the writer, mm-hmm. but um, the, the style of the Greek doesn't match any of the, the other New Testament writers, which the, the writing style is kind of like a fingerprint in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it can yeah. be be used, but th- the Greek is so different than the rest of the New Testament that um, they're like, oh, we're not really sure <laughs> who, yeah, right. who it could be. Um, they've had thoughts like it could be Luke it could be Paul um, some people, if you don't know, uh, Clement was one of the, um, he's actually mentioned in one of the letters, mm-hmm. it, I think it's the letters to the Romans, uh, with Paul and he was a uh, church leader, uh, almost contemporary, but he's known as one of the, the early church fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think maybe it was him. Um, but really there's no, there's really? no real way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that might throw some people off to, to know that like, Hey, we don't we don't know who wrote this book, um, but
2: I kind of like it in some ways. Yeah, you know, like only in that the other books, I I, I get a lot of value from knowing the author uh-huh. in some ways because you can kind of know their backstory, right? But in this one, it it feels like all that distraction is kind of stripped away and allows you just to focus on the message to yeah. some degree. Sure, um, and uh, so. I don't know if I would like that with every book, but I, I like right. it with Hebrews. But I, that
0: honestly plays into the heart and the reason why it, why it's written. It, Hebrews is a sermon. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it would be the same thing as while our stories and our illustrations may um, may give better context to what mm-hmm. if someone came back and read our sermons later, but they would still get like the exhortation. They would still get right, all yeah. of the, the, the content of it. Um, and so th- it's not quite as important as have an author at that point. Mm. Um, most most of the time, they think it's written in the late 50s, somewhere between the late 50s, early 70s. Um, if you want to know more about that, email me, and I'll explain why, <laughs> but I'm not going to take some time here. The 50s,
2: to be clear, like the original 50s. Yeah, the original 50s. Not 1950s. Yeah, zero fifties. zero 50s. yes. <laughs>
0: 20 years after Jesus, so... Um, <laughs> And, and so, uh, again, these things are just important just to give a little bit of context of what what maybe the church would have been experiencing at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Um, so uh, most scholars think that this was written to a, one of the house churches in Rome. It was written to uh, a group of Christians, and particularly probably Jewish Christians. I mean, the title of the book is Hebrews, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to see why it's titled Hebrews in, in, in just a little bit. It's going to touch into a lot of... Uh, Hebrew faith, the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, the major um, major players and major um, uh, rituals, uh, religious right. practices of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. so, um, but, so they think it's a church in Rome, they think that, that this is a, a sermon to get Christians to stay faithful to Jesus throughout persecutions mm-hmm. and turmoil. Um, many think that this was written to the church that would have been displaced from their homes, there was a time, there was a time through the um, the the late fifties, early sixties, where Claudius, uh, who was emperor at the time, he expelled uh, some some of the Jewish. Uh, I, some say it was Jew all Jews. Some think that it was just a certain uh, like group of Jews, and and even scholars will go so far as to say the certain group of Jews was the Jewish Christians. They were somehow causing a problem and or thought they were being causing a problem and so they um, expelled them from Rome and so mm-hmm. they've lost their homes they've lost their and, and this is a call and a plea to stay faithful even though right. they've lost all these things yeah. um, and then lastly uh, it's written to root the the church in in uh, um, root Jesus in the Hebrew tradition mm-hmm. and uh, to show how Jesus both fulfills in and even surpasses in in many ways right. um, the 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 covenant the old covenant the the angels Moses like we're gonna see all of these yeah, kind of like play a out. modern
2: name for this book could just be upgrade like because <laughs> I mean isn't it how it feels like yeah. he's like starts like he's like yeah you guys know how you love this thing and yeah. he's like Jesus is better yeah you know right? you love this thing Jesus is better so it just feels like upgrade and yeah. I think it's a that's a tension that we'll
0: go through pretty much the the whole time is. Is, is he super like in, in the the technical term is, is he superseding all of the old covenant and all of these right. other things? And the writer of Hebrews is going to leave it in tension. He yeah. celebrates the old covenant, he celebrates all of these old things, but he says, This is the fulfillment of it in right. Jesus. Yeah. And right. so, um, and so that's kind of the background to the book. And now let's jump on into uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Long ago. At many times, this is like a fairy tale. Well, <laughs> I, long, long ago. I, I love this line. Like,
2: long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers. Like, to me, that, that almost feels like it was the best of times. It was the yeah, worst. Of right. times. You know what yeah. I mean? It this has is such a, bit, such a poetic exactly. ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you read that to me, I'm like, oh, this is
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> so, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. All right. Now you don't get much of a a better start than what we started here. So, but, but what I want to focus on here, and and we can go back and touch on other things later if you guys have other notes, but Mm -hmm. the whole idea of these first two verses is this idea that God speaks. God speaks to his people and God is interacting with his people's lives. He sent the prophets to kind of to kind of help them and shape them and change them and challenge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now he sent his son to rescue and redeem uh, his people. And, and and it's all wrapped around this idea that God has spoken to his people and revealed himself. So let's just talk. I, I'll assume, it's, it's assumed, I should say, that we believe that God speaks to us still today. Right. Uh, we believe that. That's what we teach often. So how has God speaking to you,
2: impacted your life it, it is so critical to my faith that I could not I don't I can't imagine my faith apart from that truth that God speaks yeah. so like our staff you guys would be the first to tell anyone how much I stress that mm-hmm. yeah with 100%. our staff and with our church um, is that God speaks to us I I someone just we just had a conversation about this in the office and I don't remember what the context was but someone just asked me within the last week, Basically, if I had to boil it down, like, you know, one principle to communicate to people what would it be, and and that's a, a tough question, you know, like, I want them to understand God's grace, but I, I said that God speaks, like, mm-hmm, to that, mm-hmm. that, because I believe if you understand God speaks, then what God will speak to you is grace and, and, and right, all the other things, right. but that is a powerful principle of the personal relationship with God, and I think that's what, like, what I said earlier, when people come to our church and they go... I've never heard God explained that way or communicated mm-hmm. that way. I didn't realize there was a relationship. I think many of them, what the, they're not using this vocabulary necessarily, but it's because of how we talk about God speaking to us and mm-hmm. God communicating mm-hmm. to us and God's right. love for us and God's interaction with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if if you don't realize that God is doing that, then you can almost view God as a concept. And so like mm-hmm. you study the Bible of God as a concept, when you understand Communication, and I think we we all get this. Every valuable relationship has communication, right. Right. and so right. like if you remove communication, I don't know any relationship that can can go deeper, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so like that's the sadness of uh, this is such a, a sad topic to bring up, but but that is the sadness of death is mm-hmm. there's no more communication. Right. So right. you can have concepts of a person, but when they die and there's no more communication, the relationship to some degree ceases, right? Mm-hmm. Now right. It, it transitions to memories, right? And so God speaking to us is a powerful principle. And so, like when the writer of Hebrews says, "Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God has spoken in so many ways." Mm-hmm. You know, in the Old Testament, it was right. through visions and prophecies and the angels at times, and even mm-hmm. God Himself phys- taking physical form and communicating. Mm-hmm. God spoke through events, mm-hmm. you know, and when right. people's experiences, and He showed them truth through that. And then now, what, you know, what the writer of Hebrews says, but more perfectly, Jesus speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I just think, like, that it's such an important part of my faith that I desire for every Christian to know yeah. God wants to speak to you.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I wrote a lot of the same stuff, but I was just thinking about, like, it's had a huge impact on my life, like... First of all, the fact that God, the creator God wants to talk to me, like he wants to speak into the different things that I'm walking through. He wants to speak things, speak life into my into Mm -hmm. my life Um, is just so incredible. But I also was even thinking about it on a deeper level. I'm like, I wouldn't be sitting here today if God didn't speak to me, you know, just thinking about that first call to ministry and just all of the different things where like a situation has happened and you go in prayer and God speaks to you. And it's like, I wanted to do this, (laughs) right? Yeah, but instead I chose to do what I know 100%. God spoke to me and said, this is the action I want you to do instead. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's so powerful and so cool that that's the relationship we get to have with God, that Mm -hmm. we get to talk to him, but it's not just dead air that he responds back and he talks to us um, whenever we seek him. 100%.
0: One hundred percent, and I know in my life, like it, it showed up so much at different points, like throughout the day. Like I, there, yeah. I, I, set aside a time in the morning to, to listen to, to hear if God wants to say anything mm-hmm. to me. But throughout the day, as the Spirit just kind of gives you those checks, as the Spirit gives you, like mm-hmm. to know that I don't have to, I don't have to be on my game all the time because I know the Spirit's always there right. helping. Right. Um encouraging me comforting me allowing me to just process through what I'm what I'm mm-hmm. thinking through mm-hmm. because I know he's right there and, and he is is speaking and interacting
2: with me in my life and yeah yeah, uh, yeah you're right Chris In on, in every level and every responsibility in every way he's speaking to us yeah so like yeah. I mean Stacy was alluding to even earlier and stuff but like when she was talking about being becoming a better person and mom and leader and all these and wife and different things so in all those different parts of who you are, God right. speaks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like for me, like in a normal day, like I'll be doing sermon prep and and God will just make the scriptures come alive to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll literally say, sometimes even out loud, I'll go, oh, thank you, God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. like, could I realize right. that's not my logic? Because right. it's like, no, that's like, even when I talked about the scriptures, actually it's this book, um, that the word of God is alive and active. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's interacting with you. And then I'll have moments like in my marriage where God goes, like convicts me on something or yeah. just shows me something in clarity of like right. it, one of the things I've joked about, but, and been serious. One of Mary's frustrations with me is that I I don't see what is obvious to her. So like, you know, I can look around the room and in the room, I'm like, looks perfect. And she's like, are, are you talking about there's dishes and there's this? And so like, I've literally prayed to God, help me see right. like Mary sees yeah. because I want to love her well. So he, yeah. he shows me things so I can love her better. And, and then like in the job, like we, we have decisions we have to make. And I go, well, I've never done this before. Right. I don't know the right, right decisions. As elders, we have to do that. As yeah. staff, we yeah. have to do that. And so so God meets us there in that. So it really is a cool thought that God meets you in your job, in mm-hmm. your marriage, and in your relationships, as you as an individual. But in all that, what we're talking about is speaking. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like as staff, we've often said th- the idea, it would be overwhelming to do life alone. Mm-hmm. 100%. But yes. I think what we're saying when we say that is it would be overwhelming if God didn't speak to us. Exactly. Because we're not just talking about some just feeling we always have, though Mm -hmm. that's a part of it, but just a feeling that we always have, like, okay, God's with me, but now I have to make all these decisions on my own. Mm -hmm. We're like, no, what we're saying is God is with me. It's Holy Spirit's inside of me. I'm His temple. Scripture's clear on that, but that His Spirit is engaging me. Mm -hmm. He's speaking (laughs) and guiding, and without that, life would be overwhelming. Right, right, exactly. There's been so many times,
0: and, and this happens particularly with it seems like to be my relationship with my kids, for for whatever reason, like just when I'm having conversations with my kids, there will be moments where the whole like I'll go to say something, and the Holy Spirit goes, "Don't do that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so they've done that. You know what I mean? So we you do like, this, but you're, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't go yeah, that. Exactly. Don't go that direction. Like, right. it, yeah. it, handle it a different way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and there's oftentimes where the Holy Spirit goes. I wouldn't handle it that way but right yeah the <laughs> you after I know mean like right, the after right, yeah. the fact but like if I'm listening like he's there to just kind of that that check and just yeah. be like he, yeah yeah I, I I don't want you to do it that way so right, right. um
1: and I think it could come in it, it's it's interesting and I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit but like I was just thinking about the last couple of weeks just randomly when God would speak to me like I'm not I'm thinking about like it's, it's something that I had prayed about a week ago, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got all these ideas, I've got all these yep. really cool things, yeah. and you start writing them down, and, you know, after the fact, I was like, man, God was just speaking to me in that right. moment, so I think that that's even cool, mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily right then and there when yeah. you ask, but, like, it could be days later, and right. you're like, so, oh.
2: So God, like, all of us can have a conversation, like, I say this all the time, like, almost embarrassing I'm like, I can't remember who I was talking to about this. I'll say this in meetings and stuff. I'm (laughs) like, so if I talked to you guys already about this, stop me because I'm in different meetings. But the the fact that God never forgets what you've talked to Him about, right? And so like, when we pray for something, He He is moving.
1: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so like, we
2: sometimes can even forget about that. Like I, I shared um you know i wasn't here here. that it was at x church when i was speaking a couple of weeks ago but i talked about this story where we put all the prayer requests on the yeah. board and prayed for it for years mm-hmm. then we actually physically moved down to the uh, sanctuary downstairs because in our old building and then when we found that screen and pulled it back up and we all went and looked at it and just how the faithfulness of god he had right. answered all those prayer requests mm-hmm. it was like wow all those years ago we talked to god about all these things and to some degree We've moved on, right? And, and yet God was still moving in all those things. Yeah, See, perfect so memory, cool. perfect faithfulness. Yeah, and and I think that's a part of it. Where you, the more you do that and have those moments, the more your faith is increased. Right, hundred percent. Yes. Well, that kind of leads into
0: the next question that I have is is how have you? It, these are all great stories. This is all great mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have this experience, if you've not grown up, or if you've if not learned how to hear from God, how can somebody? learn this process to to begin to hear from God. Mm -hmm. Stacey?
1: I I just, I I want to encourage people who are listening. It takes time. You know what I mean? Like, I think we want it to be like, instantly I'm going to know how God speaks to me. But I think it's also that God can speak to you in a number of different ways, kind of like we've been saying. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to encourage people in that, like, don't get discouraged if, you're not figuring that out right away, because it does take time. And I think that the biggest thing that I could say to them is like, you have to be purposed. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have to set aside that time to read scripture, maybe study it a little bit more than you used to. Um, I know you've challenged us numerous times to sit in silence. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I it It is so hard for me to sit in silence. Mm-hmm. But like, it's been so it's been a learned behavior. So it was like, okay, I'll do it for five minutes. Now I'm going to do it for 10 minutes. So it's even, there can be a progression. Explain why,
2: why silence? Why is that good? um,
1: Because I think there's so many distractions around us. There's Mm -hmm. so many different things that are buying for our time, buying for our attention. And when you are just sitting there in silence, seeking God, I just think all the distractions are gone. And Mm -hmm. it, it really is just you and him sitting alone. And you can really, really actually hear what He's wanting to speak to you yeah. in those moments. So um, it's not a one size fit all but I think we have these tools. Read the Bible, pray, mm-hmm. spend time in worship, and find whatever it is that you, when you feel like God's speaking to you, step out in obedience. And then I think when you see, okay, that was God speaking to me, it mm-hmm. makes it easier each and every time.
2: 100%. So I'm going to go, yes. Like I'm <laughs> echoing that. Yeah. I mean, literally <laughs> what I was going to say is the foundation is – is making it a priority, setting mm-hmm. time aside. So I agree with her hundred percent. So again, yeah. I'm really about to echo her hundred percent. So that the, the part I was going to focus on, though, is once you do that, that is the faith step. And I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. the the key is when you think God speaks to you, obey, because what it does there's there's two sides to this. What it does when you obey is God oftentimes will show you the fruit of that obedience. So right. like whether it's as simple as reach out to this person and give them a kind word, and you do that, and they go they write back. Oh, you have no idea what I was going through today. Mm-hmm. How that word was perfect. So then you go, oh, okay, I see it. So you obeyed. God blessed it. Now your faith is increased. Mm-hmm. And, but it also is teaching you, yeah, that voice, that that right. feeling, right. that right. what you know, because it's not an audible voice. right. No. right. It, no. it is a feeling. It's like where he just kind of nudges you a, a certain way. That you, you start to make the connection. Mm-hmm. That nudge. I obeyed, God blessed it, that nudge was God. Right. But the flip side of that is in Scripture, in in Hebrews we'll we'll actually quote Psalms that quotes uh, Deuteronomy. But at one point it says, today if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. Mm -hmm. The opposite of that is if you keep ignoring God's voice in your Mm -hmm. life, your heart just grows hard to His voice, and you can't hear from God because you're not walking in obedience. Uh, But it is a learned thing. So if you don't mind, can I share a personal testimony real quick? Absolutely, go ahead. One of the most pivotal parts for me in my ministry, and maybe I've shared this at times from the church or even... Um, in the context of a Bible study, I can't remember. Um, but when I was early on in ministry, I was a, a youth pastor at my dad's church. I was doing sermon prep, and I clearly felt from God that this message that I was working on was for adults. Mm-hmm. And, and now this would probably be hard for people to understand because I teach adults. But right. at that time, I had never taught adults and had no interest in teaching adults. Mm-hmm. So my dad, in my own mind, was like this legend of knowledge of Scripture. Like my right. dad... And on Sunday nights, would just open up the Sunday night service and say, "Does anyone have a Bible question?" People would pull the most abstract Bible question out, and he'd be like, "Well, that connects to this verse. It connects to that." And I'm like, "You know, basically, like I didn't even know that was in the Bible." Right. So if someone would have asked me a question, I would have been like, "I'll get back to you." Right. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to teach in front of my dad. I didn't want to teach adults. Mm-hmm. I could not shake this feeling. So I went to my dad. This is a really long story. I'm trying to make short. Sure. Went to him and said, "Told him about it." My dad was like, "Super cool." He's like, "Yes, let's get you teaching adults." And we looked at a calendar and for whatever reason, this is on a Friday, whatever reason, the only open date was that Sunday. So like two days later, <laughs> oh, man, no intimidation. Uh, in yeah. There. Right. Yeah, seriously. But, but I think it was all part of God's perfect plan. So, so no one in the church knows this. It's just my dad knows and me. Sunday morning comes along. I'm speaking about the story of Achan, which is the story of when Israel goes and takes a promised land, Achan doesn't obey God, steals from the first city they conquer There's sin in the camp. They go and lose the next battle. They find out who it is, Achan. They kill him and his entire family. So, like, what a weird, abstract story, right? (laughs) Not too many sermons are being... Like, you guys might not have ever even heard a sermon on Achan. You know, like, it's just not a a common topic, right? (laughs) Right. And so, in the beginning of service, my dad... Like, so we did worship, and we came from a charismatic church. My dad was like, does anyone have, like, a word that they feel like God's speaking to them? A prophetic word? And the first person just raised their hand. Has no idea that I'm teaching or anything Mm -hmm. that I'm teaching about. And and gives the first point literally says like not word for word but almost word for word my first point yeah. so I'm in the I'm in the crowd my dad's on stage he looks down at me and just goes like smiles like he knows what's <laughs> going on like God's confirming <laughs> right. something right yeah. the next person actually says the name of Achan they go I feel like God like says this and the the sin of Achan I mean mm-hmm. again it's such a random thing you right. never hear third person does basically my third point at this point I am bawling right, right? I'm like, right. <laughs> get up <laughs> preach the worst sermon ever like it was so bad it was just awful it was emotional and stuff. But afterwards, my dad said to me, like, and he talked about it years later, it confirmed in his heart as, as the lead pastor and my my pastor mm-hmm. that I could hear from God, but it confirmed in my heart. Yeah. So that was a true gift from God that he gave me that I'm telling you was foundational to where I am today mm-hmm. that I go, yeah. I, I can hear from God. God right. loves me, God speaks. If I would have ignored that, and not talk to my dad, I would have never had the confidence yeah. to, to speak right. th- that God speaks to me. Right. So I would say to all people, it's like all the things we said, but when God speaks, you have to respond mm-hmm. and then you'll start to grow in confidence. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I have a friend that we've had multiple conversations about like hearing from God and what's like and whatnot. And he's texted me a couple times. And he's like, I feel like God told me to do this. I did it. And this is what this is what happened as a result. Mm-hmm. And and like I get to celebrate with him that, yeah. that he's doing that. But it is that. You're not confident that you hear from God until
2: you put it into practice, right? And, right. Yeah, and or you think, see like, Him respond. Only pastors or only directors, mm-hmm. right? Only, right. Only, mm-hmm. only only the really mature, and you go, no, yeah, He, because all of us are always on some part of the spectrum of right. faith. Right? Right. Like, right, we were all here at one point. Now we're here, like yeah. God's speaking to everybody. Yeah. absolutely. Well, let's keep
0: going here. Um, we've got through two verses, so we got some <laughs> yeah. got some verses to cover. with verses 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 together you really get this very uh, very similar feel that you get from like reading John 1 where where in the beginning was the word and the word was god Philippians 2 where you get this idea that, that Jesus who being uh, in the likeness god did not count equality with god as a thing as a thing to be grasped and then even in the colossians you get this this section where he says he's preeminent above all creation right. and everything was mm-hmm. created through him and so It's got this very similar ring to these different passages, and these things are called uh, Christological hymns. So, big term for Christ. Mm -hmm. Christological is it's about Jesus. So, um, and and many scholars think that these were different hymns that the church would have sung that would have been part of their worship, um, and and they're included here in in this this book. And so, when we're thinking, think along the same lines as John one and Philippians two and Colossians one when you're when you're hearing these things uh, pop up and. We're going to be talking about the idea of who Jesus is here and and this is going to be like I said from the very at the beginning this is like one of the main things that um that, that Hebrews wants to to lay out there and at times if you're if you're in the realm of theology at all um theology at times can can really delve into semantics where you'll hear mm-hmm. well this person has this theory about what it's saying this person has this theory right. about what it means and and so I, I don't know about you guys, but as much as I love theology, there are times where I like I feel like we lose the forest for the trees. <laughs> I agree, I hundred percent. agree. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. at the same time, it is important that we right. accurately understand the things that the Bible's saying. Right. We understand who Christ is, and and Hebrews is going to lay out, and he laid a lot out. The author laid a lot out in those two short passages. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matthew, I, I know you. You love studying theology, too. Mm -hmm. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about what the author, what are the things he's saying about Jesus in these two short passages?
2: You said, can I say a little bit? And the answer is no, I can say a lot, because (laughs) I'm a little bit wordy. But I get what you're asking. Uh, So yeah, let me just take a moment and try to to break this down, uh, because he does say so much in it. And that's one of the things about Scripture, is whereas in in modern-day books, uh, as we understand them, They'll say like one concept, and they'll spend a lot of time breaking it down. And then right. another concept mm-hmm. in Scripture. They're just saying a lot of truths together. Right. With I do believe the Holy Spirit led them with the expectation that we will break it down. Right. That we'll look at it uh, concept by concept. So like w- what the writer of Hebrews is doing is setting the foundation that Jesus is. The, the source of truth that we should look to. Mm-hmm. So like verse 1 is God has spoken through all these different ways. As I've said before, visions right. and prophecies and events mm-hmm. and through angels and through God himself taking uh, physical form and, and different experiences in people's lives. He goes, but now we we see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the, the standard of truth. Jesus is the revelation. So in verse 3 where he says he, referring to Jesus as the radiance of the glory of God, it's the idea. This, like, he says three things here mm-hmm. that are so powerful, and if you can understand the imagery of it, he's like Jesus is like the perfect reflection. So in mm-hmm. essence, God's glory is shining sh- so bright on Jesus, and he perfectly reflects it. Whereas each one of us, this isn't what he's saying, but we get this truth: each one of us, in some ways, would dull the glory of God because yeah. of our sin right. and right. our brokenness. Right. Like we're not going to yeah. perfectly reflect. Jesus is just the perfect illumination. So God's glory shines on him. He perfectly reflects it. So in one element, hes I think he's talking about the Jesus as in fully man, fully God here on mm-hmm. earth. He's saying like, we can look at Jesus in his life and his values and what he modeled and we can see God's character. And, and what's so awesome about this is how counterintuitive it is. Hmm. If you Okay, so you said earlier a phrase that I used even too. You said the idea that, the creator God speaks to you. Yeah. So if we just take a step back and think about the creator God, and you go, okay, the creator God, the one who is able to speak the universe into existence, how would he want his glory manifested? Mm. I think we would think power and judgment, okay. right? Most right? definitely. Yeah, yeah, like, I am God, right? Right. <laughs> right. And then Jesus comes, and, and the writer of Hebrews is going, he's the perfect reflection yeah. of God. And you look at Jesus and you go, he is extravagant in love, mm-hmm. in yeah. grace, and mm-hmm. tenderness, yeah. Yeah. in love, in, in like, I think I already said love one time, but a third <laughs> <You're> time, <good. laughs> the love. Like, like, and we look at him, we go, this is counterintuitive, but it's because we have shaped through brokenness what power looks like, what God should look yeah. like. Right. And the writer of Hebrews goes, no, ignore culture, ignore your mm-hmm. own sinful desires. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He perfectly reflects who god is like so in in what jesus did perfectly reflects and then he goes on and says um in the exact imprint of his nature and what he's saying is he is of the same essence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know he is god so he is in the form god and so like again that's a cool concept so jesus is perfectly reflecting the father while in himself having his own glory right he he is giving out glory because he is fully god in human form uh, and then he says, uh, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Uh, I'll stop there. And like you referenced the Colossians passage that says, like, you know, he holds all things together. But I want you to think about it. All of these things that are describing it, God is not a distant God. If, right. if God, if Christ Jesus is holding all things together, then the assumption of that is he is aware of all things that are going on, mm-hmm. right? Right. So yeah. he's not like there's a, a concept in theology called deism mm-hmm. that God creates and just goes hands off. You like know, a like a guys, maker. yeah, yeah. Clockmaker makes the watch, winds it, now it runs. But we look at this and go, that's not a clockmaker. No, right. this is a personal God, like we're talking about, involved, connected, holding all things together, and and he's doing it through, you know, his his power and his 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 might mm-hmm. um and so then he goes on and says after making purification for sins he sat down in the right hand of the majesty of god or majesty on high that this was his calling this was yeah. god himself knew what was going on he came to earth and he took the form of humanity so that he could die on the cross for our sins and the image of him sitting down is the image of completion that this mm-hmm. was his purpose his calling what he wanted to do and he completed it perfectly yeah. and sits down. And so like there, there's all of this is so powerful and relational.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: this is what the writer of Hebrews wants you to know. Like, so it's everything we're talking about. God speaking, mm-hmm. God connected this relationship. Um, and then in verse four, having become as much superior to the angels as the uh, name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Um, you know, there is the reference that God, because Christ Jesus humbled himself, God gave him a name that is above every name. That mm-hmm. the name of Jesus, every knee shall yeah. bow. Bow. But I think really the writer of Hebrews is now starting to transition to some degree and just going. There's a lot of things in Jewish faith that they they emphasize and they celebrated, mm-hmm. and one of them was angels because right. they they hold a, a powerful position in that they're they're um, the messengers of God and mm-hmm. God uses them in powerful uh, moments and experiences. And the writer of Hebrews goes, as much as you're in awe of an angel, and we see that in scripture, like an angel would come and people right. would like have fear, mm-hmm. and then sometimes yeah. they would try to worship them. Uh, But he goes, you know how great you think they are? Man, Jesus is better. Mm, Jesus is better. And and so this is the image is like a personalized God. So uh, I don't know if that was quick, Chris. I apologize. That was (laughs) was perfect. Yeah.
0: And and something I read when I was studying this, too, is is a lot of people think like the name that he inherited or the name that he was given was actually... was the I don't know if you know the term the Tetragrammaton the the it so that's f- I saw it in the notes you sent me and I, was I like, had to Google that word. <laughs> it's the, it's essentially the the name of God in the Old Testament. It's the four letters that make up the name Yahweh. So what we say Yahweh. So, okay. Yeah. So it's there was such a reverence for that. Typically, they didn't even say that name, uh, or, or a, a Hebrew would not say that name, um, right. because it was so revered because it was the name of God. And a lot of a lot of scholars think that the writer of Hebrews is tying him to uh, tying Jesus, making sure that, that the readers are aware. Like when we speak of Yahweh, when we celebrate Yahweh, we are celebrating Jesus mm-hmm. one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a weird tension. If we're talking about the theology of who Jesus is, that's a weird tension that I think that, mm-hmm. that we have to navigate, that he was fully God and fully mm-hmm. man. Hebrews is going to talk a lot about both of those, mm-hmm. but,
2: um, yeah, there, there is. So on, on this past Sunday night, I was we did an introductory series to the Holy Spirit in youth ministry, and one of the things, that even when I talk with adults, God is transcendent. That's a phrase that we use in, the, in like theology of just mm-hmm. saying He's beyond our our ability to fully comprehend. comprehend. Yeah. And and I think we have to be comfortable in that tension. Mm-hmm. I, I think we don't like that tension, especially as Westerners. There's a part of us with even a, the celebration of science, which I'm not anti-science, right. but the idea of like we need to figure every single thing out. And when you're talking about a being that's so far superior to all of us, if you think the way that you're going to come to peace is by fully comprehending God, you're going to live in perpetual frustration. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're talking about an eternal being, when when in this even when he starts to say, phrases that have to do with, like, a moment in time, it feels weird because Mm -hmm. you're like, he's eternal, and then he's begotten, and then he's, you know, like, all these weird things, and you're like, you go, okay, that doesn't make sense. And then when you look at, you know, even what you were just talking about, where he, he, so he's fully God- so he's a different realm. God is a spirit. We need to worship him in spirit and truth. So he's a spirit, but he becomes physical, and he's fully God. Full, like, we just yeah. have to be comfortable with yeah. the tension and go, like, I can't understand all mm-hmm. these things, and I'm okay. Right. Yeah. So even some right. of the language, if you're trying to go, okay, now, this is clearly communicating this and that, you need to understand some of it is just God meeting us where we are mm-hmm. right. and using language that we can kind of understand.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
2: Stacy, you got any thoughts on that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick him in verse five. Stacey, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the, <laughs> the tetra- I, I gr- tetragram. I just learned what that word meant today. <laughs> I, I didn't even look it up. Like, I didn't even know it. I just looked at it and I was like, I'm hoping. Chris, like, in the notes said, Matt, can you explain one thing? And then there was that after. And I was like, no, Chris, you're going to have to explain that. If you know what that word is, you explain it. Well, honestly, I
1: saw that he put your name and I was like, okay, I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <Yeah. much." laughs>
0: always be prepared, Stacey. You never know when yeah. we're calling you. Just all right, so I'm going to read a pretty good chunk of Scripture next, and then we can go back through and, sure. and talk about it. Um, so verse 5, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when
2: he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Okay, can I pause you for just one second? Yeah, go ahead. We're just Keep reading. Everyone needs to understand. He's quoting scriptures here, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like, just so everyone understands. Like, it, it. Otherwise, it sounds like the writer of Hebrews. You're like, dude, you're the most confusing writer ever. <laughs> he, he's starting he's to point out. Yeah, he's going like, so we're talking about who all the scriptures in the past mm-hmm. were pointing to, and, and he's kind of clarifying that these were all pointing to the Messiah. Absolutely. So sorry. Go ahead. No, you're okay. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, "Let
0: all God's angels worship him." Of the angels, he says. He makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But that's a confusing statement. Right. <laughs> that's a script.
2: It's Psalm 104. That doesn't make sense to me yet. But All I know is that we're ministers of God, so we're all flames of fire. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know what that means. Sounds cool. <laughs> but of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God,
0: is forever and ever, the scepter of uprightness, and is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and of the in he- the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to the which, and to which of the angels has he ever said, "Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to your feet"? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve? For the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So all these quotes of scripture, all mm-hmm. of these uh these thoughts that he lays out, he's he's comparing and contrasting Jesus to the angels. Now right. let, let's you mentioned it earlier, Matthew, the word angel is is actually an un it's untranslated. It mm-hmm. really means messenger. So right, yeah. it's the idea of a messenger, but we have a lot of kind of like lore in our culture about what angels are, what they look like, and, mm-hmm. and we kind of put some thoughts to that in our culture. Um, what typically comes to mind? What are some things you think come to mind when we talk about angels? Mm-hmm. Stacy, why don't you...
1: Well, it's not for me personally, but... <laughs> just come on, Yeah, But I think all of us would have that cute little baby, you know, with wings <laughs> flying around. And, um, you know, I also thought about it in the sense of, you know, how many times are people like, Oh, your guardian angel is watching mm-hmm. over you, and you just have this yeah. vision of this being with wings just hovering over your sure, car, right. just you know taking care of it. And, but I think it can be like both and. But then it is like these. Sometimes we do see it in these like power. I was thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know why, as we were reading that, I was thinking Lord of the Rings for some reason. But you know, like yeah. just this like strong, wasn't there mighty. A, right.
0: Yeah, wasn't there a show? I think it's called AD, where they pictured angels like in in like military uniform. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those something like types like, like the Bible yeah. or something like that.
1: So I think that that can be the other like yeah. way that we vision angels, you know, according to what culture, TV, all of those things.
2: Yeah. I mean, who knows what angels really look like because of what culture has done. You know, I, mm-hmm. I picture a very tall, um, person and with wings, you know, like white yeah. wings, mm-hmm. white outfit, um, a sword in hand you know depending on like what they're they've come to do but yeah i, I think culture in the same way in the silly way like they they've made satan uh have a tail and a pitchfork and you know, horns and stuff <laughs> and you know? yeah in red <laughs> that you look at and you go like i'm not even sure where they got that from, right. you know but, they make they make god an old man right yeah, yeah. that almost <laughs> like the god. concept of zeus you know yeah. like that looking yeah. and uh, so you go Yep, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, how does that compare to the biblical idea that we see in Scripture? What, what are some of the biblical ideas of, of
2: who angels are? I think to, to some degree, I, I can answer that to some degree, but I think um, part of it is there's a little bit of a mystery to angels because mm-hmm. they're not a source of focus from the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not meant to be worshipped. They're not meant to, um, yeah, really to worship and to, to put our focus on because the focus should be on on God. Right. And and so like but we do see that they're and I'm not saying they're bad. They're they the angels who serve God, they are just that. They're mm-hmm. his messengers or his servants. Right. And so you see at times there's a couple of them mentioned by name. So there's Michael who seems to be the prominent angel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Gabriel who God sent specifically to talk to Mary who would be the mother of Jesus. Um, and then there's other angels that were sent for different things. They mm-hmm. they were sent to comfort. They were sent to protect. Mm-hmm. They in Daniel, there's an idea that he prayed and God sent an angel, and then he battled with another a- angelic force yeah. for 21 days. Like there's scriptures like that that don't they don't explain what just yeah. took place. So you read it, and yeah. honestly, it creates a lot of mystery because right. we're like. Well, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah right. I don't understand right. that one. Yeah, so I, I think there's just a lot of mystery um, mm-hmm. about them. And then the scripture says that some of us have entertained angels unaware. Right, mm-hmm. And yeah. that's strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. Right. right, so like, uh, yeah. And then there's also, there's like, they talk about scripture that angels are like basically observing what's all going on. Um, that to some degree that they're curious about it because of how God's interaction is with humanity. I'll say mm-hmm. even
0: verse fourteen, they're servants out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit mm-hmm. salvation. Yeah, they're there to serve.
2: Yeah, the church, right. the saints. Right. Yeah, right. And, and so there's there's a lot of mystery to them, but I think the reason, like I said earlier, is that they're not um, they're not there for us to study and to focus on because I do think it will pull our attention away from mm. God yeah and I think so that's what I think even the writer Hebrews is kind of pointing out Jesus is better right yeah, yeah. and
0: well, and what what's interesting is one of those quotes that I think it's the one from Deuteronomy um, the one that you, you stopped me right before that lets mm-hmm. all Gods let all God's angels worship him it, it's or it's that idea so I've talked about this before on the the Bible study the the, the sons of God the mm-hmm. um, the Elohim the other divine beings, that, those are kind of the words that you get there with that Deuteronomy passage. And what you get this sense of is the writer of Hebrews is going, like, even these, these beings that, that are all-powerful, they're servants of God, they, they even get these term the sons of God, mm-hmm. it's different than the Son mm-hmm. of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he is set apart, and he is greater and different. Mm-hmm. Um, the Son... Is begotten. He's not a servant, not created, not a created servant. Yeah. Um, he's worshipped, like you said. The angels were not meant to be worshipped. He, he's clearly saying the Son is meant to be worshipped, right. um, and and just equates him to to the to the characteristics and the things that God does. So, mm-hmm. um, so another part of this is. Like you already mentioned, Matthew, the the fact that we see seven different scriptural ideas about who Jesus is and, and the role that he plays, um, and and so the author of Hebrews is doing a lot here to 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 link Jesus to the Old Testament scriptures. Right. He's doing a lot here to shape his ideas through the lens of scriptures. Now, if he's writing to Jewish Christians, there's already a background of like the importance of the importance of the Old Testament, the importance of the the Hebrew Scriptures, but um, why why root them? Why does he spend so much time quoting these passages? Why is it so important that we we put Jesus and frame Jesus in light of what the scriptures say? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think he doesn't want he doesn't want the Hebrews, the Jewish people, and, and those that would follow us. To view Jesus as simply a part of the story, Mm -hmm. so like you know you can you can look at the Old Testament and and think there was Elijah, Mm -hmm. critical part of the story. There's Moses, this critical part of the story. I mean, because he's going to go through and start to address some of these figures, and and, you know, so Abraham, Moses, Elijah, some of the prophets, and that we might be tempted to think Jesus, great part of the story, Mm -hmm. but just a part of the story. Mm -hmm. Right. He wants them to understand. No, all of this is about Jesus so like this is what's even fascinating that Jesus was the creator mm-hmm. you know like so he yeah. talks about it John talks about it Jesus was the creator then he engaged his creation then saved his creation still holds his creation together yeah. still keeps the form of his creation right you know mm-hmm. like Jesus yep. took the form of man and is, is still holding that form because in scripture it talks about us receiving the same glorified body that Jesus has mm. so like Jesus is still engaged and it's this personalized thing But he wants all of of the the readers and listeners to understand that Jesus isn't just a part of the story. Jesus is the story. So everything pointed to Jesus, Jesus fulfilled, Mm -hmm. gives salvation, all the hope. All the story after points back to Jesus and through all eternity we're going to be focused on Jesus. Right. And God's good with that. God yeah. the Father is good with that because they're in unity. And like, so like even when He when God speaks and says, You are my son, today I've begotten you, I want to be very clear. He's not saying today you have been created. Jesus has always been. He's talking about that in positional. So when it mm-hmm. talks about Jesus being the firstborn, Jesus being the heir, it's just talking in position, not in 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 a time sequence of mm-hmm. like right. you were you weren't right. and now you're created. Right. He's saying, like, this is in position. So, like, the writer of Hebrews wants the audience to fully understand so that they can fully worship God, mm-hmm. so that they can fully be in relationship with God. Right. Because right now, it, like, so we know, even as God speaks to us, that is through His Holy Spirit in our lives. That's mm-hmm. one thing I we haven't probably said today. Right. That's His Holy Spirit. But there's no interaction with the Father if there's not through the Son. Right. Yeah. It, through His, His work and His sacrifice. Exactly. So, like, the only way we're in relationship with God is His Holy Spirit is inside of us, who points to Jesus. Jesus leads us into a relationship with the Father through His mm-hmm. atoning work. And mm-hmm. so like it's this beautiful picture of God's redemption.
1: So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wonderfully said. Um, now,
0: also too, on the side of that, is you get the the whole concept of He's trying to firm up their faith. Like, like we mentioned earlier, that the Hebrews were rooted in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He's trying to firm up their faith of um, that Jesus actually is the one Mm -hmm. who, who it's all about. Mm -hmm. And so for the, for the Hebrew, the, the scripture was how they shaped truth. Yeah. And then it's how, uh, truth was shaped in their minds. I should say it that way. What are some ways in, in that scripture shapes the way that we see things as truth? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I mean, I think for one, we all would say, you know, like, this is the living, breathing word of God. So right. like, Absolutely. I think you have to look at it with that, like all of it is important. And there's not, aren't, mm-hmm. not just sections of it that are important. So I think you have to kind of start with that mindset first. Sure. Um, cause if you don't have that mindset, then it's not going to change. You're you not going to think it's truth, but it's all the word of God. Um, you know, um, it's breathed out by God for us. Um, but I think that, when you then have that i think that it then helps you to learn understand it a little bit more and it does challenge you and change you um as you're g- learning and growing
2: sure sure yeah i, I think uh, the ways that it's changed me is it, it's given me an understanding that that truth is revealed that it's it's not a mystery mm-hmm. and I, I think our culture um is constantly trying to change the definition of truth like mm-hmm. we talk about yeah. a lot about this on sunday that in in this postmodern world and that all truth is relative, it's subjective to who you are and your feelings and your desires and Mm -hmm. that, that truth is ever-changing, and then the Bible shows, no, it's not. Right. It, right. it is, not only is it established by God, but it is revealed by God. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible, to me, is not, it's not one of the sources that I use for truth. It is the source of right. truth. Right. right, And I think when it becomes the authority, it changes things. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, we both have now mentioned uh, the passage in Hebrews that it's alive and living. Um, what it talks about is it actually says, like, on the surface, it sounds like the worst it, it says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It cuts through. Like, but it says like everyone is naked and exposed before the <laughs> eyes of whom he must give an account. Yeah. That sounds like the worst, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like I don't want to be exposed. I don't. In the whole concept of nakedness, is is not in a literal sense. It's in a figurative sense. Like mm-hmm. everything is laid bare before mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. But here's the beautiful part of, about it. It, you're, you're exposed before the one who knew that and died for right. you to mm-hmm. save you. Yeah. So the exposure is not to shame. The exposure is to save. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've used this phrase numerous times, even recently with our church there has never been a sin exposed by God that he didn't want to forgive. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't expose the shame. He exposes to forgive. He's never revealed an addiction that he didn't want to set you free from. Mm -hmm. And so like when we look at the word of God, if we view it as one of the influences in our lives, then we simply become God and we pick and choose and and our logic reigns. When we go to the scripture and says, no, I will submit my life to you, the living word. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is that word starts to engage us as we read it, as we hear it taught. The Holy Spirit inter- interacts with that and goes. That applies to this situation in your life. Right. That, that yeah. thought pattern you have, that behavior you have, how you're treating your kids, how you're treating your spouse, how you're working, how you, you know your resources, your time in all those things. It starts to bring that to the surface. But you have to have the mindset: I'm going to submit to it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you have simply become God, and and this is a, really of no value. It right. Maybe even hurt you because it just keeps raising the level of accountability, right. <laughs> and you keep yeah. ignoring it. Right. So yeah, it's another way
0: that God's. God speaks mm-hmm. to yeah. us. Yeah. Another way that the Spirit speaks to us. Yeah. Now, Stacy, you shared with me a little while back mm-hmm. that, that God had been challenging you, challenging you to spend more time in Scripture. Mm-hmm. How has being obedient to that really changed um, how you view? Essentially, I'm just kind of getting at like how is it? How has that been a um, a force for change in your mm-hmm. life as you face different circumstances and and whatnot?
1: Yeah. So a couple of years ago, um, I just was reading the Bible, and, and I had this habit of I would stick more with the New Testament because I just felt like I could understand it a little sure, bit more. Right. I love the person of Jesus. Obviously, we all do. Um, and so I just was like, well, I'll just do some short little devos. It's fine. I'm still spending time with God. But there was one day when I was reading, and I think they were referencing things in the Old Testament, and I was like, I need to know more. You know, mm-hmm. like I And it mm-hmm. wasn't necessary. I mean, there was maybe a little bit of a guilt there, but it was like – there's so much more to unpack in God's Word. And so God was just like, you need to start reading the Old Testament. And then you kind of had talked about like soap, um, you know, walking through Mm -hmm. the process of really understanding Scripture a little bit more, how it applies to your life. So I started doing that, and I still do that now um, in my quiet times. And I've absolutely loved it because there is so much to unpack in God's Word, but Mm -hmm. it also gives you these tools uh, to use – at any point in time, like I was thinking, especially in ministry, like how many times have I sent scriptures to people, but it's like, I didn't really know exactly what it was saying. I just was like, Oh, that sounds like that would go with, you know, what you're walking through and would encourage you, which I think it does. And God uses that. But now it's like, I feel a lot more confident in sending scriptures to people or in the way that I'm communicating. Um, it's helped my ministry. I mean, it really has, helped me to be better. And even as we were studying Hebrews today, it was like, I learned so much, but it just, it gives me more of a hunger and a thirst for God. Mm-hmm. But it also, it, it keeps me accountable, but it's helped me just to learn more about him, about his character, about his people, um, what the context is. Uh, but then also just, it really has Scriptures will then pop up, or stories yeah. will pop up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that that's in scripture." And so this is how God's going to challenge and help me to grow mm. in that. That's
2: so good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I think um, I think we live in a time. So this this sounds like a really tough statement. <laughs> I think we live in a time that um, excuses have been done away with, in the sense of uh, there for a lot of human history, having access to the Word and the ability to mm-hmm. understand it. Was limited to mm-hmm. very small groups of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nowadays, with technology, we're, we're without excuse. So, right. like, yeah. from either if you're illiterate um, or you just don't understand the Bible, there are so many good resources mm-hmm. at your fingertips that I do want to encourage people um to discover those, yeah. to look yeah. into that, you know, because I do believe in the rhythm that not all are teachers. You know, scripture, I think, mm-hmm. is clear that God has, has designed certain individuals to understand in a way that they can teach. Um, and so you might not be able to read Scripture and understand it at the same level as some teachers. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't remove your responsibility to still seek, seek out truth. Right. And mm-hmm. so I want to encourage people. I mean, this being a part of this Bible study is huge. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a critical part. Mm-hmm. Like You're having people break it down and explain it. Mm-hmm. I think hearing sermons on Sunday, if you go to a, a church that where there's a good a Bible emphasis mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on Scripture, but then there's just so many other resources that you can find from sermons to apps to commentaries to... Uh, just so many things. I mm-hmm. want to encourage people: don't be don't be afraid, don't be lazy. Right. Um, seek out those things because it'll make a difference in your life. One hundred percent. And just like uh, Stacy said,
0: with speaking, um, with with hearing God speak, be be okay to, for it to take take time mm-hmm. and yeah. for it to be a slow process. Yeah. Um, saturation and consistency is is way more is way better than. Um, the amount that you do mm-hmm. a, right. a lot. So I, I guess is yeah. the best way I want to say that. Yeah, so.
1: even this morning, I think I read two verses of scripture and yep. just really unpacked it. Yeah. But like, I do think, I think, you know, we have the read the Bible in a year and, and that's fine and that's yeah. great. But to really understand it and to really get something out of it, mm-hmm. it's, it's so much better if you do almost mm. just like, Okay, I'm gonna take this apart word by word, and I'm right. really gonna understand yeah. what what God's trying to speak to me and what He was right. speaking to the people. The,
2: the last time I read through the Bible, like I, I set out to read through the Bible, it took me four and a half years, I think, or yeah. five years, mm-hmm. yeah, because I didn't do that one mm-hmm. in one year. Because what that turns it into is. You know, I have to read my seven chapters today. Yeah. Right. And like I'm not gonna process seven chapters. No. You know, can you no. imagine reading seven chapters of Hebrews? No. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> so for me, I agree with you. There are some days, it's a couple of verses. Mm-hmm. And I'm meditating yeah. on them. I'm thinking about them. I'm researching them. I'm journaling about it or whatever. So yeah, it's not about quantity. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. the quality of yeah. it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much again for your insights and
0: for for being part of the podcast today. Um, any last closing thoughts before before we sign off?
2: um she referenced soap um that is a journaling bible study method that you teach um so if someone hears that and they're like Mm, she just referenced soap like (laughs) not bad soap (laughs) soap. it's uh what what the four letters stand for Scripture,
0: observation application and prayer Mm -hmm. prayer
2: so like if you want to know more about that uh email in but chris teaches a a class on that and different things so I just I thought it is such a good thing. Seriously, yes. like I remember yeah. when he taught at the old building, uh, it really impacted how I thought in in, in research scripture and de, and uh, my de, my uh, devotions. So I just don't want our audience to miss that because yeah. it really is a good resource. 100%.
0: Well, thank you all so much for listening today. Really glad that you're joining us for uh for the beginning and throughout this book of Hebrews. It's going to be it, it's such a rich book and I think it's going to have a lot of great insights for us as we as we process through the different chapters every week. So thank you again for listening and if this is beneficial to you, I would I would ask and just go ahead and rate, review and share this with a friend so that more people can grow in their understanding of the word of God. So thank you again and hope you have a great week.